thank you so much for joining on this uh, this discussion today in and around the theme of the innovation. And uh, before we dive in to chat with each one of you, uh, I just wanted to kind of lay the groundwork of what's bringing us all together and uh, in around that theme of innovation. And uh, the purpose was that uh, we had this innovation path that we featured during our Cloud Wars Expo event. And uh, the uh, purpose of that was to really showcase <clears throat> organizations that are driving, again, that word innovation in and around not only the cloud and technologies, but how they're helping uh, customers and organizations achieve those outcomes that they're looking for. And uh, these companies obviously have found challenges and needs that many uh, other organizations are faced with, and they've really developed solutions and services to address those needs. And as I mentioned, as part of the uh, Cloudwares Expo event, we had these innovation path companies and they took to the innovation stage that we had on our experience floor. And to give a brief pitch, if you will, of who they are, what they do, and some of those outcomes uh, that's been achieved with the customers. Now, these pitches were judged by a panel of our acceleration economy analysts, led by uh, Cloudwares founder, Bob Evans. And the winners walked away with a unique opportunity to engage with Cloudwares and acceleration economy and to showcase their company, products, services, and other things. And so joining me on this part of this Innovation Path panel discussion today are the winning companies represented by YZ, CloudThread, Crosscheck, Najaxa, Polaris Technology, and Specrite. So uh, thank you everyone for uh, joining me on this discussion today. And so I just wanted to briefly kick things off if we, if we could to get some perspectives around something. And I'd love to start with you, uh, men, if we could. Uh, and this same question uh, I'll pose to all of you. We'll just uh, go around and I'll, I'll call out your names. But uh, if you think about it, when when at the crux of innovation, at the root of this, there had to be something that uh, sparked the idea of what could this technology that we have access to AI, cloud, and, and so much more. What was the genesis of that startup idea that really provided the means to address these issues and challenges inside of an industry or a market or uh, customers? And what led to, if you think about it, that aha moment when you realize, you know, this is a great business idea. I, I think we can put something together to really address those challenges. So Min, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, for this space and great to be yeah. here with founders. Uh, for us, it was, um, so I, I was a consultant for over a decade helping large corporations do digital transformation. And mm -hmm. I, I always found it fascinating that outside the office, there, there were not that many tools to engage with field workers and no data mm -hmm. at all. The companies mm -hmm. were operating in the blind. So I thought, well, what if I built a platform that would allow them to engage with the field uh, team members, and at the same time, collect a lot of information and process that for immediate action taken. So that's what we did. We started with a more generic platform and eventually narrow our focus into the consumer packaged good industry because it mm. had the urgency, the complexity, and for us, it provided the scalability for, for, for a startup. Mm. I love that, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I love the word scalability that you had in there because it's vitally important as for all of you, as uh, you bring on new customers or new features, functions, uh, hit new markets, uh, potentially, and uh, the cloud enables you to do that, uh, to have that scale up, scale down as needed for certain things. So 
Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Matthew, I'll kick it over to you. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, yeah. I had an opportunity to spend 20 plus years in the packaging supply space and really dealing with Fortune 100 companies. And what I was amazed at is how difficult it was to share data uh, internally with departments, externally with uh, the suppliers. And as a supplier, I actually knew probably more uh, than what they knew about their own products. And so you had a lot of good, smart people making incredible products really challenged in, in making that fast and, and knowing what they're making. And I really narrowed it down to a specification problem that, that people aren't looking at it in a standard way, not just in their company, but company to company. And so Specrite was a standardization of a specification concept that came to me and really the advent of having the cloud and, and obviously a lot of the tools that we can build mm -hmm. upon allowed this to happen today. And so we started out with kind of our first customer, our first spec and today, Obviously, we have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of products on the, on the system, all sharing the standard format uh, and creating these efficiencies of new product development, sustainability, smarter purchasing. And so it was really this observation that led to the solution called specification management. Thank you, Matthew. That was, uh, you know, I think we're starting to hear some th similar themes here. Uh, Kelsey, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, we have a, a same data-driven story here. Um, for us, what happened was our co-founders had been at a previous company and they had made a couple of key hire, poor hiring decisions, essentially. And so um, it was a CFO and a head of sales and the organization never really fully recovered from those decisions. And so after their exit and not fulfilling all the goals that they had hoped, they kind of started looking more specifically at what had transpired there. And they're both very data-driven and they realized there was a lack of data available. And this begged a question for them of, is this unique? You know, is this like an us problem or is there a gap in the market here? And it quickly became incredibly apparent that the fail rates in hiring are staggering. So just quickly, 46% of new hires do not ever reach productivity. And 74% of folks acknowledge that they knowingly hired the wrong person for a job. So our co-founders were just faced with this data and realizing this is an under-resourced cohort. Um, TA is ultimately incentivized to fill kind of butts in seats. And this was keeping them up at night of like, how is nobody tackling this problem? And even though this doesn't like live on a company's PL, it's costing billions of dollars, mm -hmm. it's impacting people day to day. And so they set out to fix the whole machine with Crosscheck. And essentially what we do is we empower talent acquisition leaders through tiring, through tying hiring metrics to business outcomes. So there's all this fragmented data points and we connect the pre and the post hire data to help organizations objectively measure and improve their quality of hire with the talent intelligence cloud. Well, and it's, it's you, you talked about it not hitting the uh, the bottom line, really. It's almost like that shadow cost that goes unrecognized, if you think about it, that lost time spent on somebody that was, you know, the wrong person for the role or uh, it was a needed role, uh, but uh, yeah, the wrong person, maybe it's the wrong timing, that type of thing. So. Yeah, it's it's almost like a shadow cost that, uh, yeah, still hits the company in, in one way or another. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So, Eric, I'd love to turn it over to you. Thank you, Aaron. Um, 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 thank you for your time. Um, so our story around Insight, which is our product um, if, while we're here, is really um, around ERP implementations. And I've been doing ERP for over 30 years as well as a business partner, Peter Yackel has as well. And so we are a Microsoft Dynamics partner. And there's been so much out there about why ERP fails, but nobody's really getting to the root problem of, of that. And 
how that this product came about was at the start um, of COVID, actually, that we're all ducking for cover. We are taking our laptops and going home to hunker down for who knows how long. And it hit us, what are our people going to be doing? And what tools are they going to be doing? Are they going to be productive? How do we answer that question? So we came up with this product that was originally just to monitor, to understand how people um, are using tool sets. And then it really hit us that, wow, we could use this in ERP implementations to understand if the um, um, desired outcome is actually being achieved. Um, and, um, and then people actually using the ERP system as they have stated that they want to use it, or are they running back to use Microsoft Excel? So um, it, 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 it was an aha moment that hit us even after we built the product and we just had to tweak it to the space to actually guarantee that the ERP implementations um, are hitting their goals. Yeah, because uh, again, there's a lot of that uh, shadow missed opportunities, if you will, that kind of goes under the, the radar of just, uh, if you use the traditional uh, methods of implementation and processes, a lot of times uh, that you'll see that eventually that uh, budget you had at the outset starts ticking up, ticking up, ticking up because of unforeseen things that uh, weren't caught at the beginning or should have been addressed up front uh, or surfaced uh, through a process. So I, this uh, insights tool is, is really helpful to kind of address some of these unique uh, areas that uh, often hit, hit blindly sometimes. Absolutely. And you mentioned the word shadow and people understand what the word um, shadow IT means is, 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 is mm -hmm. there's always Bob that works for some other department that can fix your printer and, and outside of the IT group, but there is the shadow ERP that does exist, that users will always get their job done, but they'll do it with Excel or some other process that's outside of what was intended to get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure we've all face some sort of shadow thing in the in our, our IT and our careers of, of having to deal with that, especially with the rise of citizen developers uh, and with yeah. the uh, availability of cloud uh, enabled apps that are out there to build pretty much anything you need uh, nowadays. Yeah. But uh, so Nate, what was that aha moment? So my wife started the company four years ago and <clears throat> we were literally just sitting there and she started having customers reach out. You know, she had just quit her job at a previous partner. And she had customers and people she knew in the industry reaching out saying, hey, we really need help. And it became this constant kind of influx of requests and everything. We sat there and looked at each other, but you know, there's a need for this industry. The dynamic space is getting a little bit too comfortable and everybody's kind of stepping back and moving on to bigger and better things, but there's still a lot of customers left in this dynamics GP space, especially the staffing industries and smaller, mm -hmm. smaller types of businesses. So we saw an opportunity for her to jump into that. And it quickly became something where you know, she needed to hire people and we need to bring people on. So it became something we built a, we built a base off of and we quickly grew into other areas. So I think for each of you, you've hit on that core aspect of, yes, the cloud can unlock those capabilities, but it all started with that moment of realization of what we have here and what we've realized over our experiences and the people that we've talked to and companies we've engaged with of turning this into that real business opportunity and business idea to address other needs. I think Kelsey, you mentioned, is it, is it just a, an us issue or is there other people facing things like that, which I think is encapsulates a lot of what uh, is going on. Um, so I've got to ask too, obviously there's, as 
your role in this uh, leadership position and a CXO position for startup organizations, there's obviously unique challenges that uh, you face that are different from, you know, mid-market and enterprise companies, um, you know, starting with small, wearing, you know, multiple hats at many times and uh, looking for ways to, to really streamline your business at the same time, scale it and uh, hit new markets and, and reach new customers. But I also look at this as a, as a way to, to work at your advantage. Uh, you know, you've got the nimbleness, the flexibility, to really be competitive in, in oftentimes a crowded market. So I was wondering, in your roles, how have you been able to connect with customers to address those needs and challenges, but your internal challenges as well? It's that mindset of we've got to operate, we've got to scale, we've got to grow, we've got to be, be continually innovating. But uh, this also plays into that notion of that feedback you get from customers, that co-innovation, co-creation helps build upon the foundation of st that started with that aha moment. So starting with you, man, I was like, like to understand, you know, how do, how do you do that? Trust customers, address your own internal challenges, but grow and scale through co-innovation and co-creation. Well, first is to understand my role as the CEO. I am the chief everything officer. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I invest a lot of my time talking to customers that I, and I really love that part, even though as an engineer, like we were usually told that, oh, you guys are not really good at sales. I really love that part because I don't see it as sales. I see it as consulting, as understanding why this customer is having this challenge and why they haven't been able to, to overcome this challenge and how can I help them through our existing technology or invent or create magic for them to solve this. And so I spend a lot of time talking to customers. My customers are usually large corporations, um, CPG manufacturers or agencies that um, it takes a while to get decisions moving inside each one. But I get to talk to a lot of them to gather a representative sample of what is what are the challenges they all share, and then go back to my team and design or adjust or create what we have to do next to be able to solve all these challenges. And literally, we have uh, a lot of the times customer ask for us to do magic. Like for example, in the CPG industry, the products are still sold most of them inside a store and stores don't have good internet connection. It's really flaky, like even here in Silicon Valley. Um, so they ask, our customers ask, can your AI work inside stores without connection and still be like faster than flash? I was like, well, um, you know, so, you know, gravity is like this. <laughs> anyway, we did have to do that magic, uh, do a breakthrough to help them. Otherwise it, it was really difficult for the industry to adopt it. So, um, I think the, the partnership with customers that know their industry so well mm. with us that we know what technology can do and what we can do as well, then together we co-create, we invent the future together, literally, because the world is changing so fast, I don't think anyone has the answer and we have to discover this together. So we see this as a partnership and, and, and I, as the chief everything officer, I that's the <laughs> most enjoyable part for me. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna remember that from now on the chief everything officer, that's a, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> uh, Matthew, I'd like to kick it over to you if I could. 
Yeah, I know. Similar. You know, I've always been curious. Uh, I love the companies that I've worked with, you know, pretty much my whole life and always amazed at these great people and great products and how they get to market. And so I think it starts with curiosity and, and really listening, mm -hmm. as, as was mentioned before, and then ultimately trying to create you know, value uh, for people. You know, I think we have, I call them fanatical champions that are that our customers. <laughs> it's not because we do anything more than just try to make their life better. And, you know, in doing that takes a lot of listening, a lot of conversation uh, to get that accomplished and also living kind of with them for many years. I kind of understand it and, and can empathize with them. And then structurally, you know, I'd go around talking about a lot of things I do or believe in. And one of my advisors said, hey, why don't you write it down for once? And uh, so we created a credo, which is really kind of the center point of the company. One of those tenants is active learning and, you know, the ability to constantly be learning as an organization. And you know, I think as a leader of a company, your job is to always make sure you're kind of staying true to who you, you want to be. And it gets difficult for every company as you, as you grow. Uh, we just brought in, you know, a pretty large group of people from another company. You bring kind of that culture with them and you have to change. You have to be diligent and willing to take that kind of head on and, and make sure it adapts to the culture you want to build. And I think that just continues to be a challenge as, as we scale these companies. And I think for the, for me, the credo was great. And then lastly, some other functioning things. We have a very active customer advisory board uh, that meets regularly. And then we hold summit once a year, which is all about learning what's going on in the world today and, and the challenges that they're seeking and how do we meet uh, those challenges. So active learning, listening, and, and a lot of dialogue for sure. Yeah, I love that uh, uh, that uh, central point of, of those uh, ongoing dialogue through the uh, customer engagement, customer advisory board, because um, uh, sometimes you realize that I, I, I take customer feedback sometimes when I view it in the lens of, of technical evolution of in sort of two ways is one is it's well, it's super unique to their need. OK, that's great. But then there's the other where it's wow we can really expand this. It can really help all of our customers that we're de uh, dealing with us very similar, just tweak it enough to where it could be applicable across the board. So uh, uh, yeah, when you're open to feedback like that I and not so rigid with, uh, we'll take it, but not so sure. But if you're open and collaborative, I think that unlocks a, a lot more opportunities uh, out there. So Kelsey? Yeah, for sure. I think for us, there are, um, echoing kind of both what Min and Matthew were sharing, there are a lot of factors, right? And so we're bouncing a handful of customer priorities. And the questions we are asking ourselves are, it's imperative that we're supporting our current customers, right? They have, they're a vocal group and we love that about them. And we're bringing their feature suggestions to reality. But we also want to make sure that we're staying close to the future roadmap and innovating and anticipating needs. So I think it was Jeff Bezos who said something to the effect of like, customers are always beautifully dissatisfied, even if they don't know it yet. And so for us, the question is like, how can we get ahead of their future desires? And so right. we, we have some really active customer listening there, just so we can make sure that we are um, both serving current needs and also anticipating uh, future needs. And so similar to Matthew, we have the customer advisory board, we have user groups, a robust Slack channel, actually for talent acquisition mm -hmm. leaders, not just customers, but there's over a thousand folks in there and really just like a really vibrant community and they give us feedback. And then of course our CSMs have, you know, table state QBRs and those conversations. And so we do kind of bring that all together. We aggregate, we understand, you know, what's important and kind of greatest good, greatest number. How can we affect the most change? And that's generally how we prioritize uh, customer feedback. Yeah, I love that, that prioritization of the most impactful change across uh, everyone. I think it's the most, uh, 
meaningful uh, time well spent when you're looking to invest of not only your your time and resources, but the the technology that you look to to create that and expound upon and still satisfy, like you said, current customers. <laughs> Got to keep them happy, uh, but all at the same time, you know, address uh, new needs and new challenges from new customers. Hey, uh, so Eric. Thank you. Um, so yeah. just to echo what my other panelists have have been saying that it, it, it is really to engage with your customer and to really partner with them. And a lot of, a lot of companies throw that word around, but, but we really do it. And um, we sit in on um, their management meetings if they'll have us. And it's just not an ERP implementation we get done within a year and buy, see you later. We engage with them because that's just the first step of their journey. And being ERP consultants, we've seen it all. We've, mm -hmm. we, we have seen other challenges and then we bring that to their table to help them. With this product, as an example, with, um, with Insight, I was in one of those meetings and they were, this one company um, that uses Insight was asking, boy, I'd really like to know what our true spend is on this one customer or for all customers for the back office staff. Well, how do you do that without somebody with a clipboard running around writing down, you did that for how long? What, 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 what's that all about? And I just said, well, guys, you can do that right now with our product that we have installed. And they're like, what? Yes, we can do that. So you have to listen for the opportunity. And we actually tweaked our software just a little bit to um, do that for them. But it is that active engagement with the customer. We helped them, but they also helped us make our product stronger. And, mm -hmm. and so as I was saying, it is that active engagement and then to listen, like Matthew said, for the opportunities to help each other. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, it's, uh, as the old saying goes, you know, we've got two ears, one mouth, so it should be twice the listening, <laughs> you know, half the talking there, uh, but to really that active listening of what's going on and uh, recognizing the opportunities. Obviously in the role of, of a, a leader or a CXO for a startup company, there's obviously unique challenges that you're faced with versus say mid-market to larger enterprise companies. Yes, they have their own sets of unique challenges, but how can this also work as an advantage? Because I see startups as, as a way of being, you know, nimble and flexible when mm -hmm. there's sometimes you're being trying to get that space within a competitive or crowded market. And, uh, and then building on that, how has this been able to help you connect with customers to address their needs and challenges, but also balance that with your internal challenges as well? It's kind of this, uh, you got to right. wear many hats uh, in the in a startup sort of capacity. And so it's this balance of, hey, unique challenges for our customers, but yet we've all, also got our internal challenges as well. So what's that mindset that helps play into that? co-innovation, co-creation that, right. uh, that you have. Yeah, there's a couple of things that come to mind there. So on the customer side of it, what we have noticed, you know, we come up against some pretty big partners in the dynamic space and customers trend towards us for several reasons. One, there's very few times that customers get to talk to an owner and mm. an owner that's actually fully vested in the company. And a lot of our customers love that about it. And it's something we will never let go of this company, no matter how large we grow to is, we always want that customer touch. Jamie and I don't ever want to disappear from the business. Um, so our customers really love that about us. You know, we have a lot of engineers that work for us, but we are always part of the game and we're always there to listen to them and talk to our customers and be there. So I think that's a differentiator for sure from the bigger customer, you know, bigger partners in the world. 
Um, on the side of it, of our internal employees, how we get that innovation, you know, we are competing with the Microsofts of the world to get talent internally here. Mm-hmm. So how do we compete? They can throw cash all day long, huge bonuses, golden handcuffs, people like to call it. How can we compete? And we we found that, you know, flexibility is a huge part of it that, that we can win with. Uh, we have an interesting PTO policies of basically unlimited. We, we trust mm-hmm. our employees. We hire talent. Uh, we, we trust that everybody's in, the sa- in it for the same game. So we try to differentiate ourselves from not just throwing everything at everybody, but really giving cool perks and, and you know, getting to work on part of the business and grow a business and truly be part of the family that really, I think, you know, that's not for everybody. For a lot of people, I think it's something they've been yearning for. You know, they become a number in these big companies and go, wow, I can really be part of something in that smaller company and build it over the next five to 10 years. Yep. I love hearing that, Nate. Uh, yeah. And I know this. My comments here may not end up in the recording, but that's okay. Uh, I really like the uh, the 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 flexibility you have, and that's how that yeah. uh, you know, the employees have a voice in the right in the growth and the strategy of where the company's going. So, really, yeah, good, yeah. kudos to you for for doing Thank that. You. Yeah, it, it works yeah. really well. It's amazing. Thank you so much for each of you sharing your insights. But I'd love to to ask something. You know, that's uh, we talked about co innovation co-creation, that feedback uh, loop that each of you have uh, set up with your your existing customers and uh, opportunities with new customers. Um, but this, uh, I'd love to kind of get uh, some quick, brief uh, thoughts from each of you on really what's next for your company, you know, because that, that continual evolution and co-creation always leads to something, you know, what's on the horizon, so to speak. Uh, so if, I don't know if you had something on, mind, on your mind that you could share uh, just real briefly as we're kind of capping things off here. So, men. Yes. So I mentioned the technology breakthrough that we just released. Um, we have to promote that because that could unlock the potential of AI for mm. uh, the physical for physical stores. The same way that barcodes were could not be adopted until forty years later when the laser was invented. Um, mm. So we are going to announce that, um, and this is a really good platform for us to kick off that process. And of course, increase our customer success team because we are expecting this influx of a lot of companies that have not been able to to use this kind of technology and then keep building and doing magic for our customers. Doing magic. I I love that. (laughs) Chief everything officer bringing magic to life. Did I I say (laughs) that wisey means wise and easy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, bringing it all together, simplify that. Uh, Matthew? Yeah, I know, exciting time. Sounds like for, for a lot of us in, in what's going on today, uh, we we were in beta for our network product with some major food companies. And really, as we standardize the way that data is, is handled and, and allowing companies to do amazing things with that, now we're putting that information provisioned on the network to let companies work together. So we're really excited about the outcomes. That came from... Uh, one of our summit meetings two years ago about the desire and the need for companies to share data easily. And so we're excited. We'll come out of uh, beta here uh, next month and uh, obviously start to market and commercialize it. And then we're doing more and more integrations with LCA tools and other, you know, sustainability tools. So excited about that. And obviously that's a lot of uh, energy and focus over the years to come. And then lastly, we have kind of our big annual event where at PAC Expo, there'll be 90,000 attendees, and, and we'll have a big presence there here in uh, October. So 
exciting months ahead for us. Uh, sounds like it. And I love that uh, core uh, part you are allowing your customers to collaborate together now around some of that data. That's so I look forward to hear some exciting uh, things around that. So Kelsey. Yeah, I think we're most excited about a couple of things, but uh, to be brief, I would say elevating the talent intelligence cloud. So that's the objective quality of hire metric we were talking about. Um, we pulled recent data and we've actually impacted 24 million hiring decisions. And the more data we have, the more powerful this machine becomes. So for us, um, maybe it's no surprise that we're trying to expand globally. We've begun localizing our software for a handful of other regions and languages. And definitely the global approach is, is a big priority for us looking to the next year. Wonderful. I love that. Uh, always looking on the horizon for the next thing. So got to keep building on the momentum. Uh, Eric? Well, since we spoke last a few months ago out in San Francisco, we landed a few large ERP implementations from the other side of the house. And so we use the product internally. And so we're very excited uh, to, it, um, to put this into use again in, in, into these implementations to help our new clients. But we're also excited uh, about Dynamic Summit, which is coming up next month, that we have mm -hmm. a big presence there. And we're looking to share this technology with other partners, with other implementers to help them get the ERP space um, just to do it better, just to do it right to help um, mm -hmm. uh, customers. So I look forward to seeing everybody there in Orlando. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you. I'll be there as well. And uh, really, uh, I think you've you've even set it up to where you're, you're having a, a way to sit down and have those conversations with folks to where uh, what you alluded to a moment ago of that act of listening, of seeing that opportunity of, well, wait a minute. Yeah, the Insights tool can help you with this, you know, X, Y, Z. And play that out, how simplified that process could be. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, upcoming for us, new announcements or anything, we're going to be at Summit NA. 2022. Uh, I'll be speaking there myself about data and topics about data and don't leave your data behind. So I think there'll be some interest there with migrations and ERPs. We'll have a booth there. So anybody that wants to talk to us can absolutely come chat with us about everything we have going on. Um, and something pretty big that we're working on right now is we're moving into a new ERP, Acumatica. So we're also bringing that onto our, um, you know, our stack of technologies that we work with, and we're pushing that into the staffing industries primarily. Um, but also many other areas. So we've got a lot of pretty exciting things. We're taking our business model we built in the Dynamics GP space and bring that and beyond into Acumatica. All right, man, that's that's cool. Actually, I like that you're diversifying. Thank you so much for each of you joining me today on this discussion, just kind of exploring a bit more about your uh, organizations, your services, what's next uh, on the horizon for each of you. And uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to collaborate with all of you.